The words you're going to hear do not have celebrationary tones. These voices will transmit reflection on war and peace through literature, personal narratives, or actions before getting killed or committing suicide, along with protests, political statements, and news over the war in Ukraine and Palestine, the consequences brought worldwide and in our country, equally insatiable for every one of us. Is our thought and reflection distant, without a megaphone? A have voice to express our solidarity with the people suffering the conflict and facing death. A have thought for the shooting and their landing guards. This audio creation, it's also an invitation for us to think about the state of exception in Albania, which has suspended the daily flow of life and has caused an emergency situation for communities whose houses are being destroyed. For them and those who are suffering the lack of safety and peace for the war inside and outside ourselves, without wanting to synthesize this order, but in front of the necessity to caring ourselves in fatigue and redemption at the same time. This reading brings the letter of Constantine, the mathematics student who on March 20 this year committed suicide in Moscow. He was born in Donetsk, Ukraine, was 26 years old and had been in Russia for four years to conduct his studies. Russian's war against Ukraine finds it within the borders of the aggression state. Konstantin tries to escape on February 26, but the police stopped him. He was arrested for 15 days on charge of hooligan. After his release, the mentors found an opportunity to leave for Austria. Still, he did not feel like making a second escape attempt. Before committing suicide, he sent the following letter to his professors and a poem. He says he wants his letter distributed. His political act does not accept romantic interpretations, but asked us to inhabit his latest thoughts, fueled by the state of war and the murderous machinery of Russia in 2022. We received the letter from the leftist portal. The above description is based on the interpretation of translator Maria. It was brought in Albanian by Antonella Pepkolai. Hello, my name is Konstantin Olmesov. I am writing this text in position of sober mind and memory. If you are reading this, I will probably never write anything again. Once upon a time, when I was becoming seriously preoccupied with that which cannot be named on the Russian internet, I started looking for some self-help videos. In one of them, a psychologist stated that the main thought that drives almost everyone who intends to do this is, the world owns me and the world has not lived up to my expectations. I embraced this idea, realized that for that situation such a problem was inappropriate and the problem was solved. I returned to life rather quickly. But now this is the very thought that fills me. The world owns me and the world has not lived up to my expectations. The world should strive to correct its mistakes and it doesn't. The world should be made up of thoughtful, compassionate and responsible people, and it is not. The world should allow freedom of creativity and choice, and it takes them away all the time. The world must consider these demands as normal, and considers them excessive. What began on 24 February has changed some existential positions in me. How easily all the facts I've read about in books have been adapted by people who seem to lead a perfectly ordinary life only yesterday is more than horrifying. I am afraid there are no words yet in our language to express the extent of what is happening. It turns out that in order to resemble characters from books and songs, all you need to do is not read or listen to them and that millions are capable of doing so. I came to Russia in 2018 
to do scientific work. I came because I fell in love with a science that was not represented in Ukraine. Additive combinatorics. I fell in love truly, madly, the way people fall in love with other people. I spent nights and days with her. I was not too diligent in this love. My scientific discoveries are very modest, but there is no contradiction in this, because in regular love, my successes are even more modest. I have always been critical of Russian's politics, and I have always considered Russian culture to be on a plan above, as capable of rising above it. This illusion had hardly flattered in my mind, but now it has fallen away once and for all. Vysotsky, Filatov, Shpalikov, Astrakhan, Tartovsky, Mikhalkov, outside of his demonic turn, Vinogradyov, Linik, Shkredov, Tartovsky, Rachaminov, Skuriban. To that majority of Russians who now support these actions, these and many other names, I am afraid, mean nothing at all. We cannot in fact imagine how literal, and yet they are given support. The funny thing is that everyone still believes that anything can be achieved by force, that by crushing life hard enough, they can make people forget what happened before their very eyes, that by shutting everyone's mouth, you can suffocate thought. It would seem that this is something from the realm of politics or psychology, but no, it goes back to culture. This is not a strategy for dealing with reality, but an expression of the relation to the very phenomenon of the subject. This is the true being determines consciousness. On February 26, I tried to leave Russia. It was partly a stupid act, but only insofar as it was ill-convinced. I do not regret it. I only regret that I did not do it on the 23rd, when I had every reason to do so. I was going to defend my country, to protect it from the one who wanted to take it away from me, to defend my president, whom I had chosen myself, feeling the same obligation as a boss feels toward his stubbornness. By the way, I did not vote for Zelensky on the first round in 2019. And in 2023, I wouldn't have voted for him either. But as much as I may dislike him personally, what matters to me is the freedom to choose and the freedom to assume responsibility for what you chose. Responsibility up to the point of fully experiencing the consequences. This is very difficult to explain to many Russians and pro-Russians Ukraines how violence changes from the outside, even if their aim is to improve well-being on all parameters could be unacceptable simply because it is achieved through violence and by essential forces. It's like suddenly being pulled from a state of overprotection. I was arrested while boarding on a bus. The fault, I think, was having expressed myself too freely and due to one person with whom I had shared my plans at the heat of the moment. Being arrested, I felt that my freedom had been taken away from me forever. So I told the FSB straight to their faces everything I thought about was going on. It was stupid, but there was no alternative. It was the last thing I could hit them with and I punched as hard as I could. I was even amused at how helplessly they tried to respond to me, how they were clearly repeating the crew patterns of propaganda with completely innocent faces. Once I was in the cell, there was only one thing I thought. Death. I made at least 10 attempts in seven different ways. Looking at them now, some of these were silly 
and their failure unavailable, but they represented sincere attempts. And the only thing I dreamed of while I was there was to be set free, to be able to make a last attempt with a decent chance of success. By the way, I don't understand why they let me go. Being the pride of freedom is worse than death for me. All my life I have tried to have freedom of choice in everything, in food, in my profession, in where I live, what kind of soap to wash my hands with and for which party to vote. I only ever ate food that tasted good to me and even that wasn't an option. I prefer to remain hungry. There are only two ways to deal with unfreedom, displacement and non-acceptance. Displacement is when you spend your whole life freely choosing how to live and when you are locked up, you start choosing what book to read while locked up. I can only fight against unfreedom by not accepting it, by refusing to be in a situation of unfreedom itself. If I am prevented from choosing how and where to live, I would simply prefer not to live. I love Donetsky deeply. Though with a strange love, despite a horrible childhood, it is still the city where I wrote my first program, my first poem, where I first went on stage, where I earned my first money. The city where every bench and every bend in every park was imbued with its own rhyme and its own problems that I solved there, with names, faces, with pleasant and horrible events. I love Kiev deeply, the city where I first lived independently, experienced hunger and loneliness for the first time, fell in love for the first time, wrote my best poems, in one period where I would write two poems in three days on average, where I had never written so much before, every bridge over the Rusanyovksi channel, every tree in the forest behind Lisova, every bench in the Victory Park amused me with its own pain and its love. I love Moscow deeply, the city where I first stood on my own two feet, achieved financial independence, where I proved my first and only theorem, where I first truly believed in my own strength, where there is Tsaitsino. I hurt for each side in this war, but I see with my own eyes who is defending their land and who is invading another's. I see with my own eyes who defends the right to assume responsibility for their own lives and who justifies their own degradation. There is this hackneyed question to be or not to be. I have always tried to ask myself this question from time to time. It seems to me that if a man does not ask himself that question regularly, continuing to live, it's not a conscious choice. The question is well known, but the author, followed by another, whether it's nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, the answer is unequivocal for me. It is dishonorable to keep silent, to lie, to pretend that nothing is happening around you or in your heart. It is dishonorable to get caught, to spend your life in prison, being powerless, dishonorable to hide from everyone, to cause trouble for others, to constantly seek help, to be afraid of everyone, dishonorable to go into parties war, to cause harm in another country on its territory, doubly dishonorable. I am Ukraine, from another culture. I understand that someone will see it as weakness, and that's fine. I don't see any way to continue my life with dignity. At some point, I had the hope of a second escape attempt to leave. I am amazingly grateful to the people who gave it to me, and I apologize for not taking advantage of it. I am, however, too afraid of being imprisoned a second time, and for a good reason. I did too many stupid things the first time I was arrested, not to mention 
being disappointed in humanity and humans in total. When, in the 21st century, an army is attacking a completely foreign country in the middle of the night, a country that poses no threat to it at all, and every soldier understands what he is doing and pretends not to. When that country minister says, we have not attacked, and journalists broadcast it, and every journalist understands that this is a lie, and pretends not to understand, when millions of people are watching this, and they understand that what is happening will be on their conscience and history, and they pretend they had nothing to do with it. When black it's called white, and sweet it's called bitter, and not in a conspirational whisper, and without a wink, but as if coming from the heart. When Zadornov joke about an American saying that the Russians are cruel because they attacked the Swedes at Poltova, ceases to be a joke, and ceases to be about the American and Swedes. When the world seriously discusses the possibility of what it has been trying to prevent for 75 years and does not discuss any new models of preventation. When force once again claims to be the main source of truth and treachery and hypocrisy the main source of tranquility. With all this going on around me, I completely lose hope in a different path for humanity. I have absolutely no desire to do anything for or with these people. I realized that such a setback would happen sooner or later, that the animal follow its instincts. But I had no idea it was possible so quickly and so easily, as if at the flack of a switch. Does how we were living before make sense? Clearly it will come back. But it will come back just as powerless and just as easily fall before the swagger of any thought. I can't say I am ashamed of my life, but I could have done it better. I have not managed to do many things that no one will do for me, and that would have improved people's life. However, is that what is needed now? I wanted to make an app that promoted conscious choice, allowing people to hold referendums within themselves, answering the same question many days in a row. I was living for this idea, but now who needs election and referendums? Who is seriously interested in their own opinion? I wanted to give color to Zemeredi's theorem, to turn mathematical proof into artistic work, into something on the scale of a movie. I am certain that mathematics is worthy of this. I wanted to help people escape this orientation and logical contradictions to find and formulate their own model of the world. I think I was good at it. This is not important now. I am not writing about this to evoke pity, but to insist on its relevance. I was unforgivably lazy and thought that I had plenty of time. That was a great mistake. I partly feel shame before my Ukraine friends. Believe me, I have never wished nor done anything bad to Ukraine and have always kept in mind a readiness to leave if things start to go as they are now. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for me. I just didn't approach the matter skillfully enough. The FSB man who detained me talked to me like I was a traitor. But on the morning of February 24, I felt betrayed myself. Yes, as ridiculous as it may be, but even though I recognized rationality and out loud that war was possible, emotionally it came to me as a surprise. I had a naive belief that the legal tact in dealing with Ukrainians implied the possibility of pulling out at some critical juncture. I stuck my head way too far down the tiger's mouth. This is the second big mistake, and I pay for it dearly. Every shell that falls on the street of Kiev hurts me. Reading the news bulletins. I imagine the sight of these streets, these districts. From the first day until today, I was with you with all my heart, although it's clear 
that I have not saved anyone. I am a complete atheist. I don't believe in hell. I'm not going anywhere. But that is still more appealing to me than a reality where some people have returned into savagery, while others indulge in it, either by throwing up their hands in gleeful lunacy or by evacuating farther from the front lines. I don't want to be with either of them. Finally, of course, a poem. Do Russian people want a no-war placard? Ask a cyborg from a National Guard. Ask a no-one diving in the metro. Ask the one cemented to the throne. Do they like cities going up in flames? Ask the driver of a refugee-packed train. Do they like ruins in place of a maternity ward? Ask a child's eye, arrested by the void. Do Russians want things to change? Ask what of their media has remained. And is it Nazism that they rise against? Ask their Z-banded youths to state. This ghastly year has stamped your fate. People, adamant not to capitulate. People going down in shit and gore to drown a placard that says no war.